Welcome back to another episode of the Dunk with Dom podcast. Chris, usually I'm all for the NBA coverage, but things have died down and the NFL is starting to pick up in just a little bit. No better time to talk about football. It's good to have you back on the pod. Super excited, man. Training camp starts in a couple of weeks. This is this is where I thrive. This is the part <laughs> of the year where I thrive, so I love it. love being on for this time of the year. What's funny is I usually do horrible with NBA over-unders, even though I'm a much better NBA expert. Uh, to allude to it, this is technically the first part of a two-part segment I'm working on. We are going to be with the AFC in the NFL, breaking down the division odds, going through all 16 teams, their over-under lines for the regular season, discussing our bets, bet, our best bets, our stay-away lines, where the value's at, and more importantly, just give our thoughts on all of this. But I think a good question to get us started is, what is your general takeaway on what the AFC is going to look like for this upcoming season? So I've had this conversation a couple of times with some people over the offseason, and it's really interesting because this year, I think everybody, for the most part, improved in the AFC. But, you know, one or two couple teams didn't as much but all the contenders i think got stronger so when we're gonna there's gonna be a lot of this episode where i'll probably be saying like they made some good additions but is it enough because everybody made some really solid uh additions to their teams and we'll go into more detail later but there's just i mean so many teams got so much stronger like filled so many holes that were the problem for them uh, last season so I think just a lot of improvement and we're just gonna see who who improved more really no I kind of agree because I always said that for the NFC the what made it so easy was like there was a clear top five kind of like last year it's like the NFC this year is the same as the NFC last year there's like a top five or six and then just a a, a platter of blah where any team could win or lose and it, it wouldn't matter but in the AFC you can make a case that there's a solid, like, Group A and Group B of, like, 10 or 11 teams. And there's going to be teams that miss the playoffs, so you're like, what's going on? Like, there's there's going to be teams that we'll talk about that'll have double-digit win records, probably. They should be in the playoffs. If they were in the NFC, they'd be in the playoffs. But because it's the AFC, it's a lot more loaded in that middle class. It's going to be insane. And I also echo it. I think... The, the mediocre teams to average teams got good, and I think the great teams either digressed and became just good again, or they're still great. And that's what makes the AFC so challenging. Right. I mean, I think the best way to put it is I think the AFC, you can only split them up into two tiers. It's like the really good teams and then just the really bad teams. Because I think <laughs> like, there is no there is no middle of the pack here like it's you you're either gonna like be a contender or you're not like or 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 you're the texans or the jets right like it's not it's really hard to to judge here so let's start with our hometown division with the afc east so we're gonna run the way we're gonna format this is just like what i'm gonna do in the nfc segment where we're gonna run through the division our thoughts on the division lines and then break down the over-unders for everyone in that division and then keep rinsing and repeating So the Bills are the favorites to win the AFC East at minus 225, Dolphins plus 450, Patriots plus 500, the Jets are an astounding plus 2200. The big takeaway early on is I think people are down on New England and they think last year was an admiration. And it's clear that Buffalo, after the disappointing playoff loss last year, they're poised for a rebound here. A hundred percent. And I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say that they're 
uh, poised for a rebound when it comes to um, the regular season, right? Like they've been the dom since Brady left. They've been the dominant party in the AFC East. So I, I mean, r- realistically, I don't know what what I can say about the Bills in the playoffs because that's its own curse for years. <laughs> but I, I agree with 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 the odds there. It's exactly how I have it drawn up, right? Um, so when it comes to the Bills, I have. Yeah, I think Josh Allen's most likely going to be the top MVP candidate for this season. And I just think that that is the easiest. Like, I'm the most confident out of all the divisions that the Bills are going to finish first in the AFC East because there's really no legitimate competition. And I don't even know if that's the way to say it. Just like we don't know that the Dolphins or the Patriots are legitimate competition, right? Like, especially, and we'll go into it with the Dolphins. Like, they made, I, I think, out of all the teams i think they made the most additions in terms of like big big name players they made the second I, most landmark decision with the Tyreek Hill trade with the first being right. the Russell Wilson to Denver and they made the most you can argue just the most like uh roster turnover for the better exactly like when you look at uh Armstead and everything like like just improving the offensive line with Con- Connor Williams and Armstead their defense has been like top 10 maybe at, at times top five in the last couple of years but the thing is right like there's just so many changes right uh flores has been this this defense for so long even though they kept a lot of the staff it's like you have a new coach coming in you have a new like all these new weapons coming in like the receiver room is almost completely different right so they could be right but we just don't know because there was there's been too much change there to where it's really hard to predict. Like, I can't tell you for sure that they'll be better than the Bills. I, and I probably wouldn't say that right now as it stands. So I do think that the Bills right now are easily the best team in the division. And I would say the Dolphins are second. Well, this reflects actually... So I think for starters, I don't see any value in this division for betting just because even at Patriots 500, like, I just don't see Dolphins or Patriots beating the Bills in the division. Like, it would have to be, because the way I'm seeing the Bills right now, because you always have to tie this stuff into the NBA, it's kind of like the bad boy Pistons where they lose to the Lakers in 87, or in 88, pardon me, and they have, like, this come, like, back to reality, like, this is our revenge year, like, time to take over, this is, like, our year to lose, and they come in and just storm everything with one of the best regular season records, and they dominate in the playoffs. Given the magnitude of how close they lost in the postseason, you could just see like the the takeover year where they win thirteen games and they're unstoppable. Josh Allen has like the the awesome MVP season again. Like there's a big dominance here, and this ties into kind of to the line because Buffalo they go eleven and seven last year, or eleven and six. Pardon me. Their over under is eleven and a half, and I kind of want to take the over just because I would- I, I, it's just like a good line. I would too. Right, right now I have them standing at thirteen wins. Right, so I, I think that that's it. When you look at the overall of the division, I mean, right. So we talked about the Dolphins, and then when it comes to the Patriots, like they, they really didn't improve as much as as everyone else did. They didn't, for sure, uh, get to the Bills level. I think the Dolphins went way past them and realistically like the past couple of years the Dolphins have had their number in the last couple of games like in the last three games uh, they have over the Patriots but it's like they lost I mean their key piece on defense was JC Jackson he had a lot of uh you know big, big interceptions for them in, the, in I think last two three years and you know he left and went to LA to go play for the Chargers so I, I really don't see I mean Josh Allen's really owned that defense as of late 
I and I don't see them having gotten better. So I, I really don't think there's a chance. I mean, head to head for sure, not like, like the. I don't think the Patriots can stand a chance against the Bills. But even more so, like throughout the course of the season, I think they're gonna not a lot of the you know defensively they're really going to struggle uh when it comes to like big big plays that jc jackson would make that just aren't going to be there anymore the the real question for this division honestly when it comes to the over underlines is what are your thoughts on new england and miami because so miami their line is so fascinating because eight and a half they even with the disappointing year last year they still went nine and eight so it's crazy how their line is actually under what they did last year with all these additions so what that tells me is either A, they think the AFC got better around them, or B, the market isn't trusting Tua as that QB. So that leads into the obvious question. I think Dolphins at 8.5 is a clear over because I think they can go 500. Like, remember, they can go 500 and miss the playoffs. I think they could still go 9-8. and eight. But the question, I think, is, of course, where are we putting Tua as where do we see his career going this upcoming season and if it doesn't go well, if it goes well, how will that affect the the rankings for Miami? Right. So, you know, I would say, right, when it comes to the Dolphins, and it's it's very simple. If you put a top 10 quarterback on this team, I would say they're Super Bowl contenders. Like, without a doubt, I would tell you that. With Tua, I think there are questions, right? But everything we've heard coming out of the offseason is that there's going to be a jump. You hear it from, you know, Tyree Kill's been very vocal, very vocal about... Oh, oh he, he's been more than vocal. He's been, like, to, preaching. Uh, like, almost <laughs> to a fault, he's been extremely vocal. He had Jalen Waddle on his podcast. He, this, he said the same thing. He's like, I just can't wait for the season to start so that people will shut up about him because he's been playing that well in camp or, or in, in OTAs or whatever it is. Like, just social media, like... He his trainers have been just just obnoxious. It's it's like it's you can really see, and and everybody's been saying it, but like that that this year specifically when he showed up to OTAs, that the hip that was bothering him, the mobility, that it's not it's really not a liability anymore. Like it's not it's not hurting him as much. I, I think personally that this you know if you look at the last seven games when he came back from injury last season, he had ninety two point two QB rating and. Almost seventy percent completion rate. Like, there's no question that he he's an accurate quarterback. Now the deep ball's always been a problem, but I I think right now, I mean, the, the clips that we've seen have been pretty good. It, so, it's like you know what it reminds me of. It's like the people trying not to compare him at all. But remember how like when Ben Simmons was out and there was like the secret uh, like videos being leaked of him being like on five on five, and it's like oh yeah. my god, it, it was like finding like lost footage from like the ring. It was That's like. Exactly exactly what it is it's a perfect example i mean i mean yeah that, that's what it is but then re- remember like this is a team and you don't have to look far nine and eight last season with a coach that like did not believe in this guy like on record <laughs> this guy didn't believe in tua and tua takes his team uh to a nine eight finish there before i think they were and they started one and seven i think or one and six so <laughs> Right, and I think the year before they were t- they had a ten and six finish. It, they were they were ten and five going into the last game, and then Buffalo swallowed us like fifty six to right. like fourteen. Ten and six finish to miss the playoffs. So when you have ten and six finish, last year they go nine and eight. We haven't even talked about the head coach. Right, it was good. Even as much as the Brian Flores thing sucked, because I remember when it happened. It's still a he's right. still a good guy. I, I I mean, right now as it stands, I would say they 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 will 
like net wise, I think it's a net positive overall. <laughs> but I mean, image wise, I'm not sure, but football wise, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> in addition, you added Tyree Kill to this team. You beefed out the offensive line. That's always been the problem with this football team. Tua has had like any time to throw the ball. I mean, I, yeah, I would say this is an easy over for me. But well, if if we're high on Buffalo and Miami, so based on these lines, I think they're just going conservative and they're just, they're saying like. Buffalo's going to be a good team, but they're going to like cruise in the in the regular season. Miami's going to be the same, and New England and the Jets are blah. Because New England, they're the hardest line probably in this list of they're eight and a half. They won ten games last year. The question is, do you think they're a, a above five hundred or below five hundred team? I think there's a stay away bet just because I don't know like. I guess they're pretty down on Mac and the roster itself that they're going to go above 500. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like Miami in 2021 where it's like, oh, like they're good, but everyone else improved. They didn't really improve. They kind of ran it back. It's kind of like that corollary. And then New York, they're also a stay away from me because their line is five and a half. They only won four games last year and everyone praised their off season. And it's the same thing with the New York Giants where there's the big market bias and the we had a great offseason that'll transit to the football field bias that never works out half the time. So I think those last two teams are probably stay away bets. I would 100% agree. Like I, as it's sta- like I don't, I just don't know who the Patriots are. You know what I'm saying? I, I just don't know. Like there, there's also know. Mac, like Mac sophomore year regression stuff, like Lamar Jackson. Like it happens to a bunch of these QBs. And and I'll, I'll say something. Last year, like I think a really big part of of. And not to take anything away, but, like, Mac Jones, he didn't really, like, blow me away. Like, he played good football, but you have a good system there to help you. I, I just, I don't know. He they, they won a game where Mac Jones threw three times in the game. So, I mean. Right. It's like, <laughs> I, I see the 10 and 7, right? I see it. But I, I don't see that correlate to the quarterback situation. And I don't think they helped his situation at all in the offseason. So, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't see, I don't see them, I, I don't see them giving me any confidence to make a bet here regardless. Like, I just, I, I don't know. The defense regressed a lot. They're getting old, too. And the receiving course is average. Like, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I don't see a, a high ceiling for them. So I think we can move on now to probably, I'm not going to call it the most, the toughest division, but it's definitely the most interesting with recent headlines. That's the AFC North. So, to run down the division, Ravens are plus 160, Bengals are plus 190, Browns are plus 275, and we'll talk about them with this new Deshaun Watson, just insanity. Steelers are plus 1,000. So, the takeaway for me is I think, I mean, clearly it's Ravens and Bengals, and then it would have been a competitive division, but the Steelers didn't get a QB, and the Browns had a QB, and then the QB did a lot of off-the-court shenanigans that has put them in legal hell. So it really is a fascinating division to kind of decide what these teams are going to look like. Yeah. So it's funny. Like when I was prepping for this, for AFC North, I put, well, no AFC West, I put unpredictable because like all the teams are very good. (laughs) Right. For this one, I just put unpredictable because we literally just don't know what we have with any of these teams. Right. Like legitimately it's especially with the Browns. Right. And that's the obvious one. We'll get into it. But the Bengals, like, it's their regular season really last year was like they were good 
and this whole I, they made it to the Super Bowl, but a lot of things like they got a lot of like lucky bounces per se, and like a lot of things went their way that could have not gone their way, you know. So that that's one that it's like, yeah, you know, I do think they're the best team in the division, them and I'd say the Ravens too. But it's just like there are a lot of things that make it like like it's not obvious by any means. And then the Ravens, there's always questions around them uh, and and Lamar because everyone always thinks they have Lamar figured out and then they don't. And there's also I always hate betting on teams with like contract disputes with their star player and their and the franchise like that chemistry issue always scares me and like dropping confidence. Yeah, just in general, the Ravens are a really hard team always to get a good read on, like. But but then again, they're right. There's all these questions with Lamar all the time, but then also they're just so solid in every other area that it's hard to it's hard to count them out of the division ever. So the, I, that that's tough. And then yeah, the Browns well, speaks for itself. I was gonna say they're also a little Dallas Cowboysy, where it's like it's not that they're necessarily awesome, but the rest of the division is either average, decent, but not great, or just like in total flux, like. The fact that Pittsburgh's going to training camp with a rookie QB and Mike Trubisky, or Mitchell Trubisky, as like their competition for QB, the Brown. I mean, we can have the conversation now because I think they're probably the focal point of this division. This Brown situation with Deshaun Watson is complete insanity on, on all fronts, like on the football front, on the the off the the field issues. What what's kind of your just takeaway from? just like this entire situation itself because we don't have to spend too much time on it but i do want to hear your thoughts right so if there was ever a stay away 100 percent in red like never touch this team when you're trying to make a bet it is the cleveland browns this year right now um because it all depends right like it all depends on deshaun watson and you know this it's just, it's the nature of the beast, right? Like, when you make that trade, you have to be willing to to take that chance. Because we knew about this. Everybody knew that this was lingering. We've it known it, about it stretches back. I, I think it stretches back to at least, like, 2018. Like, it, it, it was at least three or four years, for sure. Right. And, like, when the trade rumors were, were going around... That was the big deal with the Dolphins. Was that right? Like when the Dolphins were the were the team that he wanted to go to, oh. we we always just heard like, oh yeah, you know they want to make it happen, but they're not going to do it if they don't settle, right? They're not going to do it if they if they're not a hundred percent sure that that he's gonna he's gonna be able to play. And the Browns make this deal, and all of a sudden, just even more piles on, right? And then now they're talking suspension. Now that you hear, oh. It, it could be a year then no it could be six games no maybe it's double digit games like we just don't know right we don't know and because we don't know it, because we don't know there's nothing to there's really it's hard to talk about right because if he does play they're for sure right we could say that they're going to be in, in contention for the wild card like at least yeah right? i would argue they're at least like a not a 10 and 17 if they have watson right. like watson fully healthy and scandal free like very minimum nine and eight team like they, they for sure will challenge for the wild card, but right. But if it's, and even kind of, it's a, if it's a six game suspension, you could make the argument that they'll compete for the wild card. But if it's any more than six games that he's out, what are, what do we have on this football team besides like 
like a a, a pretty good defense. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. Brissett, that's yeah, the the, the for, former Colts guy. No, yeah, yeah the, Dolphins backup. Last yeah, and, oh, and Dolphins backup. Yeah, thank God. Um, because <laughs> here I'll, I saw I'll, how that worked out last year. So again, I would if I was a Browns fan, I would hope for at max six games suspension because I, I wouldn't want Brissett sniffing the field anymore. But yeah, it's just hard to tell. We we don't know unless we see the suspension. Even if we do see the suspension, we still don't know. So so overall, Cleveland just got screwed over on this situation because A, they kind of were out on Baker Mayfield, and instead of having Baker Mayfield as insurance, they had to dump him to Carolina and now start Jacoby Brissett potentially for a whole season. And then not doing their homework on Watson. Because I think the one last note I'll put on the Watson thing is like, because I did a pod with Michael on this, everything quiet, everything quieted down like until the Browns trade. And then once Cleveland traded for Watson, it was like the, the, like a tidal wave of just like all the, the breaking, like the, the New York Times article came out with like a, a timeline of the allegations. The NFL didn't release like a stance yet. Watson's camp's trying to do this whole like, we'll, we'll speak when the truth sets us free and all this like vague terminology. So I guess the last note is I agree the Browns are a stay away just because we don't know what the hell their team really is. And even if we're in July right now and we're heading into September with kind of when the preseason starts, I still don't think there'll be a resolution to this. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's it's th- th- There isn't really much else to say about this team un- until we hear more, right? Because it, it all depends on him. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fascinating. So the, the real interesting, if we do the other teams, let, let's ignore the Browns because I think they're a stay away regardless. Bengals at plus 190, I think people are, are kind of expressing your view here, which is, like, the Bengals are going to, like, just regress. Like, I think people are factoring in the playoffs too much in their, like, kind of success for next season. Because if we look at the lines, this is so fascinating, by the way. So the Bengals and Ravens are both at 9.5 for their betting line. So that's people think it's, like, a, a coin toss for who's going to win. Who would you have as the favorite between uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore if they're both at 9.5? Right. So so right now I have Cincinnati over just because like I think, you know, Burroughs last season, it was his first year coming back from that torn ACL and he played phenomenal. And I think this year he's just going to take an even bigger jump. I think their offensive line has always been their biggest problem, similar to the Dolphins. And they fixed that really well. They plugged a lot of holes in there, you know, uh, getting Leo Collins. I, I think they're they're going to be a good team for sure. But I think that a lot of people might be, like you said, taking in the playoffs into account when they're like hyping them up as much as some people are. Because I really think that this division is going to come down to a game split. But like, I think it's going to come down to a game, uh, whether between the Bengals and the Ravens. Um, it could very easily be, you know, who knows with the Brown situation again, but it, it can very easily, I see it coming down to a game. I give the Bengals the edge just because, yeah, they have those big game experiences from last uh, season. They'll most likely have a chip on their shoulder wanting to get back to the Super Bowl. And yeah, overall, I I just think Joe Burrow is going to have a huge jump. I kind of want to bet the over for both Cincinnati and Baltimore, just because like, even if the Browns thing, like, let's say like, let's say Watson comes back after six games. This is the unlikely scenario, by the way. Pittsburgh's going to be awful. Their line is seven and a half wins, by the way. So that's a that's one of the best bets is I think Pittsburgh under, just because I don't think they're going to win eight games. So if it's two bad teams, you're going to have an inflated win total with Cincinnati and 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 
and Baltimore. But even if, if even in the worst case scenario where Watson just doesn't play the whole year, I that that Browns team isn't good. And the like people are crapping on the Ravens, but they're still a damn good football team. Like they're gonna win ten games at minimum. Cincinnati's gonna have a great year coming off the Super Bowl run. I feel like those are kind of your two teams to look at for this division. Right. And especially like you said with the Browns, like if they if they do have Deshaun out all those games, I think you can almost give give two games on the schedule to both the Bengals and the Ravens. Like I think those are sweeps on those ends, right? And yeah, the Steelers, like you're saying, I don't I, right now. I have them at like most seven wins, and I love. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that are Steelers fans, and I love my Steelers fans. I friends, just don't see it, man. Oh, it, I don't I see it. Yeah, I can't see it, and it's another case of like, I just don't know what that team looks like, but I know it doesn't look like more than eight wins. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to be the kings of like going five and eleven this year, or five and twelve. It's gonna. It's... And it sucks because it'll be Tomlin's like first losing season, but. It's just, I just don't know what they look like offensively, right? Like, they lost Juju, right? They have Kenny Pickett and um, and Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Like, what does that look like? I'm trying to figure out which one's worse because, honestly, I'm not high on Pickett myself, but I already know Trubisky's going to be, like, bad. So it'll be interesting to see what the what the direction of the front, like, where they're, who, who are they going to pick because it's going to be bad either way. Right, and, like, when they do – when they do pick one and they're just average, most likely, which is what I think, like one of them will just be like, okay, right? Like what's <laughs> yes. the next step? Or what do they do? <laughs> like, yeah, the, the future is a little weird with Pittsburgh right now because they're kind of straight away between not tanking but also not competing. So it, it, they're, they're in a transition year right now. This is arguably the most boring division, the AFC South, because the Texans are nothing burgers. Like I don't see anything with, with Houston, with what, where they're at. The Colts are minus 125, Titans plus 170, Jags plus 700. So off the bat, I see some value in Tennessee at plus 170. I don't think it's a good idea to just think the Colts are your easy favorites to to make it with Matt Ryan at the QB. I 100% agree, and I have – well, here, here I have the Colts at, at first, but I it's the same thing that I said for the last division. Like, I truly – and even more for this division, I truly believe – that it's going to come down to one game uh, between the Colts and the Titans, like fully believe because this has been like a battle for one and two. It, it was, it was that almost that last season, but you know, the Colts kind of fell off a little bit. Um, but man, like, especially when you look at the running backs on both of those teams, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry are both like, and I know it gets tossed around a lot, but like both kind of generational talents in the same division. Um, yeah. It, I give the edge to the Colts only because I don't know. Um, like, there's, I'm not fully, and I, I've always said this about the Titans. Like, I'm just not fully sold on them going like really far with Tannehill. So, this actually is one of my questions because, not to jump ahead, but in their betting line, Tennessee won 12 games last year. Their line is only nine and a half this year. What is the reason for like just such a people thinking that Tennessee's gonna have a down year? Is it the AFC just getting better and they're just the same? Is it a distrust in Tannehill? Like, what's our what's our diagnosis here? I think it's a mix of both. I do think it, I think it's more so the fact that the AFC got a lot better. Like when you look at their schedule, um, it, it's tougher to get those wins that they that they might have gotten easier uh, last season. But also just it, it, it does have to do with Tannehill a little bit because of this like 
there's there's a lot riding on this season for him, especially because like in his contract, the Titans kind of have an out after I think it's next season, and you know they like there's just so much pressure on him with with um them drafting Malik Willis this year and him kind of sitting behind him and developing like there's there's a lot of pressure on him, and I you know I I've had my times I really love Tannehill and really had that support, but. It's, I, I'm not 100% sure that, that he's the guy here. And um, I think it's kind of over. His, his I think the Tannehill era over there is kind of over. It's kind of on his last legs right now. I think if they don't make the playoffs this season, he's kind of out. But, yeah, no, like uh, uh, in terms of this season and the um, those odds, I do think a lot of it is that the, the division – or, sorry, the, the conference got stronger. What, what's scary is – for starters, this is the conference with the worst Q or the division with the worst QB lineup. If you're looking at Matt Ryan, Tannehill, uh, Trevor Lawrence after a crappy rookie year, and then Davis Mills, that's not a not a not a Super Bowl winning lineup. There, number one, number two, it's scary to think about, but someone in this division needs to win ten games. I, I'm trying. It's it's bad when you can't figure out who it's going to be. My other thing too is how are you feeling about Matt Ryan? Like, is Matt Ryan really that big of an upgrade over Carson Wentz? Part of me wants to say yes, but Matt Ryan's also getting up there in age. Right. No, I have the same thought process. Like, there's there's, there's a big part of me that wants to say yes, but, like, another part of me where it's, I don't know why I want to say yes. Is it going to be Philip Rivers 2.0 where it's great on paper, but then you forget that Philip Rivers was, like, 40 and Matt Ryan's, like, I think 39 or 38? <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Like, <laughs> It's just, I mean, I don't know. He is getting up there in age for sure. I think he can bring a lot to the table, though. Like, I do, I personally do think he's an upgrade from Carson Wentz. Not by much, though. Like, not, <laughs> not, not, not to where I'd be like, oh, yeah, the Colts are a runaway favorite for the division. But, like, I just, I think he can bring enough. I'll say this I think he can bring enough to the field to where, he takes he can make up for right so I, okay I, I like the colts mainly because of jonathan taylor and the offensive line like they have one of the best they, for for years they've had one of the best offensive lines in football like across the board so i think he can make up for you know that time where you can't necessarily just be jonathan taylor like i think i think he won't cost you too much if that makes any sense. Like, I think he's that good veteran presence where he's not necessarily a gunslinger, so he's not going to make too many mistakes in that aspect. But I think he has the poise. Like, I think he he's a pro. He's a vet in, like, every sense of that word. Well, and the so other think, issue, too, is if you're know. doing the comparison with Tennessee, Derrick Henry's approaching the, holy shit, is this, like, a fourth straight year of, like, constant, like, extra reps, extra reps. Like, the, the, the wear and tear is starting to get to him, whereas, like, Jonathan Taylor, this was kind of like a breakout year. Like... I, he's gonna taper off probably a tad bit, but he's still gonna like be fresh compared to Henry. We're banking on a fifth year in a row of like extra reps, more run game than pass game. It's hard. There's just so much, and and that's another thing. There's so much asked of Derrick Henry constantly, and um, yeah, it's like you said, Jonathan Taylor had a breakout year last season, and he's behind the best offensive line in football. And you can't really say the same anymore about the Titans because they are also getting up there in age. Right. But man, like it does seem, and that's honestly what puts them over the edge for, 
against Tennessee for me is that they do have that elite offensive line that's going to lighten the load on both Matt Ryan and um, and Jonathan Taylor. Because another thing with Tannehill is like under pressure, he sucks. He's, he's abominable. Like he's bad. So this is this is for me easily. It's funny because this is the division with the worst teams, but also it's the division I would stay away the most because Indiana and Tennessee are both at nine and a half. So you're kind of playing 50-50 ball with who's going to win 10 or 11 games and who's going to win nine. And then the other one, Jacksonville is a six and a half. They won three games last year. Part of me wants to say under – but part of me is also like, well, I think they can win five hundred. Like, you can't be as bad as you were last year with how Urban Meyer and every like, you're taking away, you're adding four wins if you're taking the over, but you're also adding in Urban Meyer's gone. Lawrence has like some time under his in in the NFL, and you at least just have like continuity. Like, it's not good continuity, but it's continuity. So when it like. Let's talk about that for a second, because I had the same thought that you did. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute. Let's look at what we got here. Like, Trevor Lawrence, personally, I think he's going to, to have a great second year. Right? I think he's really going to step up. Even more so, right, when you bring in Doug Peterson, who has literally always gotten the best out of his quarterback. Always. I mean, when you – Carson Wentz had an MVP season – under him, like when before he got hurt, like he had an MVP season. He this man won a Super Bowl against the Patriots with like Nick, Nick Foles. Foles. Yeah, it's it, you're going from like the worst player development guy to the best player development guy probably in the right. league. So again, it's like there's questions there, but part of me wants to be like, like, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, like yeah, maybe maybe there's a shot. So but so again, can I give you one of my underrated bets? I think Jaguars at plus seven hundred isn't actually a horrible bet. Because there's a chance that Tennessee and Indiana could just be blah, and Jacksonville could be like the third team that swoops under and goes like nine and eight and wins the division. There really is a chance. I kind of, I kind of. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> I have that third, and I feel like we both just convinced each other of this. But it's like you have them in third, and the more I think about it, I'm like, there's a world, right? Like there's a like world. what? If, what if Matt Ryan just falls off a cliff and Derrick right. Henry misses right. a year? Like you know what I mean? Like hell. Like, there is a world where they could sneak into that spot. <laughs> like, I, I fully believe so. Especially because they kind of, I'm talking myself into this. <laughs> <laughs> they did make some improvements on defense, you know? So it's like, there's a world where this where it happens. <laughs> it doesn't help that also Houston is so bad that somebody's got to win this division. There's going to be easy wins to go around, like... I just don't see, like, one team in this division winning, like, 12 games. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be, like... Right. So, so it, if there's any division where, like, a third... Like, a team that you might have, might be looking at being third place, can sneak into first, it's this division, you know? <laughs> so, like, and especially with those numbers, right? Like, 700. Like that, that makes you think. It's you know? 700. It's, it's like, what, what do you have to lose? It's going to be great. Right. Like, what do you have to lose? Oh, that might have been like the best. That might have been like a top ten Duncan with Dom moment there because I literally did not expect that to work. <laughs> but we landed a best. This is why I bet. This is why I sometimes stay away from betting because that was too easy to convince each other. <laughs> of Jaguars plus seven hundred. Uh, uh, another probably easy bet for me to make is uh, Houston. The Texans are four and a half for their line. They won four games last year. I think this is a clear under. I just don't see where the, like this team's not going to be good. They're they're a clear like. 
I call it the Wembanyamba when you're trying to just like tank for the following season. They're a queer Wembanyamba, just tank. Like we're gonna suck this year. The AFC's better. Just like ride or die. Right. It's tough. I don't see them being better than they were last season. So I will. I I'd agree with you on that. Yeah. This is the team where like this is that team that's just on your schedule and you're like, yeah, no, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> so that's a win. Uh, like this team is going. Like people are gonna beat the hell out of this team. This is bad. Oh. They're going to be a punching bag. It's bad Did when they're off the court drama is more making narratives than their than their actual you know OTAs and, and training camp. <laughs> right, like they just settled a bunch of Watson lawsuits today. Yeah, today. He's not on the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, like that's, that's, and I'm hearing nothing about Davis Mills like you know <laughs> getting like his his Nick Foltz on or anything. So. Yeah. The, the Texans are out. This leads us probably to the toughest division out there, which is the throw my hands up. I don't know what's going on. The AFC West, man. Chiefs are plus 175. Chargers 220. Broncos 260. Raiders are plus 650. I actually like the Raiders at plus 650 just in the value perspective. I think my stay away, honestly, is Denver because I need to see Russell Wilson be good before I can say that he's like a top 10 QB again. Like, does that make sense? Like, because... Seattle was bad, and part of it was that Wilson, like the team sucked, but also Wilson's like getting older, not the best like long distance thrower. The other question, of course, with this is like the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill, how do they adjust to that? Like, there's a lot of uncertainty with this division by far. Right. So I would fully agree with you. I do think the Raiders are the best value here, um, and I also agree on 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 the whole Russ situation, like. When you look at it as a Broncos fan, right? Like, if you're a Broncos fan and you're looking at this, your team got better. There's no doubt your team got better. But how, how much better? Because they went... Uh... How much better in a division where you have the best quarterbacks in the conference. Like, you have the Patrick Mahomes. You have Derek Carr. You have Justin Herbert. You have, like, MVP candidates. What do you... What, your... say, what do they have? Like, two of the top five to seven and then three of the top... And if you include Wilson in that, three of the top, like, 15? I'd say 15? I would say four in the top. Or four... Yeah, sorry. I forgot forgot to include Wilson in that. So four of the top 15. That's that's pretty tough. Right. It's, it's really tough. Like, a lot of this is going to come down to defense, really, uh, when it comes to, like, those head-to-head games which are going to be a real deciding factor in who and who's where here. But yeah, like I just I need to see I need to see what Russell Wilson looks like somewhere else. But also when we're talking about like his age, yes, in that in that offense, right? But what does it look like here where he has he has a lot of speed at receiver. So w- what does that look like um in a in a different system? That that, that regression that we saw in, in, in this in the Seahawks system, right? Like what is what does that look like? What can they take advantage of what he's still, you know, he's still Russell Wilson, right? So can they take advantage? Can they get all that out of him and, and have him really produce? Whereas like the Seahawks kind of were trying to, they were, they, they thought that this was like six years ago and they kind of never strayed away from that idea of, of Russell Wilson. Yeah. We need evolutionary Russell right now with like a new, like mid thirties. What's, what's the next uh, career? Like kind of like right, Rogers, like, Rogers, like Rogers, like, you know, in 2010 when he won the Super Bowl or 2011 isn't Rogers now it's different. Exactly right, and 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 once McCarthy got out of Green Bay and like Lafleur comes in, it's how do we take advantage of him now, right? And they're they're getting all the usage, the best usage out of him. Um, so it's it, it's tricky here. Like, can can they find a way to use him where he's still putting up numbers like how he was? Um, and I think yeah, for the most part, 
Um, I just think that the only question is the offensive line and especially in this division, like the edge rushers, like are they going to get pressure? Are they going to get pressure on the best quarterbacks uh, in the league? Because that's what you have in this division. And I just don't see that happening. And I think when you don't have that happening in this division, you're going to lose football games. Like, And especially when you have one, two, three, four, five, six games being against those quarterbacks, you need to be able to stop them. And I don't think that that defense is going to be able to. What makes this even more fascinating, too, with this division, I remember last year with my, my guests I did the NFC on, we always talked about the NFC West, how it was so hard because – even when Seattle was like, remember, Seattle hadn't really fallen off a cliff yet, so we are like, oh my god, all four of these teams are going to be in the playoffs, whatever. And we're like, well, no, because we realize in retrospect, if they're playing half the schedule against each other, they're going to just kill each other in the rankings. And we saw it even this year and last year at the AFC where one of the Chargers or Raiders could make it unless there was a weird tie circumstance. But in a normal game, only the Chiefs are going to make it and one of those two teams. This year... I don't. I still like even the line reflects that where the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Chiefs are all at ten and a half. All of them are at that same line, and then the Raiders are at eight and a half. So really, the odds makers are saying we really don't know what's going to happen with this division. We assume the Raiders are going to take a step back, which I disagree with, and they're saying that. I mean, they're they're first off saying Denver is going to be th- four wins better with Wilson if you take the over. And they're saying the Chiefs are going to be about the same and the Chargers are going to be exponentially better. Which of those three outcomes do you see as, like, not true? Do you think it's the Broncos taking the leap, the Chargers taking the leap, or Kansas City regressing? I think Kansas City regressing is the least likely there, right? I think the Broncos went 7-10 and 10 last year and whatever. Like, I think on paper you would expect them to have done worse with their quarterback situation. This year I do see them. Like, I have them picking up three wins. I don't necessarily have them – over what was it ten and a half? That ten and a half. Yeah, I have them at ten wins, but it's like they they will they will get a lot better as a football team this season. Like that's just I, that's just how I see it, right? But I don't think that Kansas City necessarily is going to fall back as much as people think they will without Tyreek. Like Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, and I think that even though they lost Tyreek as a whole, I think this receiver court. I won't say they're better. At all, I won't say they're better because Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill. Maybe but more more in, more in quantity without sacrificing too much quality. Exactly. Like there's just a lot of versatility there, right? Like now they have Juju. They still have some of the pieces from last season. So I think they're they're versatile. They have a lot of good pass catchers. There's also, yeah. by the way, still a hangover from the playoff loss where everyone's like, oh, like Kansas City is this the beginning of the end? Because the other concern is like this isn't like basketball. It's football where once a dynasty ends, because like remember you have to factor in. Winning, 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 all those games, playoff reps, like the minutes add up pretty quickly. I think people are expecting like, oh, Kansas City's done, and Mahomes is like 24 or 25. Like he's still in his prime. You have Kelsey in, in, in basically the tail end of his prime, and you still have all the weapons there. Like the infrastructure is still there. Like this team isn't going to just like fall off and go eight and nine. It, it's ridiculous. Right. Like I, I will say that I think that there, there were a couple games where without Tyree Kill, I'm not sure they win. But I don't think it's that much of the impact that a lot of people are playing it out to be, right? I think Andy Reid is still, right now, I would say he's a top three coach in the NFL easily. Like, he's a Hall of Fame coach without a doubt. I think he is, like, he he is, um, he has a vision, right? 
I think the way the way that this team's constructed, they're still going to be the Chiefs that we've known them to be. I really like. I still to end on this division. I like the Raiders at eight at eight and a half wins, and that uh, and that they're plus like six hundred whatever to win the division. Just because like it, it's in terms of the value. The other thing too is we haven't we haven't talked about it. The Chargers like they always seem to just be like the Wizards every year in the end. Like they do so well, like they're great on paper, and then it just like falls off a cliff, like. For as much as Herbert's getting the top QB hype, we need to, like, see it translate to, like, a playoff run first before we start, like, crowning him as a top five guy. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I need some substance to L.A. before I can just, like, start betting on him. Right. So, right now, like, straight up, I think that they're the – I think that they, they would be winning the division. But, again, like, that's not – right, that's just for this conversation. But if we're talking about, right, like, cr- crowning Justin Herbert and all that stuff, like, I, I would not say that I think that they would go far in the playoffs. Like, I wouldn't say that right now because I'm not confident in that because Justin Herbert in those in those situations and especially, like, the decisions by this new coaching staff have not been the best. Do I think that they have the talent to make to go far, like, and have a really good record in the regular season? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think they can take advantage of all those games. Like, I don't think they're going to lose – uh, slip up on easy games, right? Like, I think they're going to take advantage. I think they've added a lot to their defense that was already pretty good, adding J.C. Jackson, right? Uh, but I just don't think that they are experienced enough to go far um, in the playoffs. So I wouldn't say that, but I do think in the regular season that they're going to have a good year. I just think it's tough to have that conversation of, like, are they a legitimate title competitor? Second to last question for you. For, so when it comes to this whole exercise, what was the biggest surprise or kind of like standout takeaway from the division odds as well as the over underlines? In this division or just as a whole? And, and as a whole, yeah. Well, first of all, just us talking ourselves into the Jaguars. <laughs> I'd say like the, the – like just how we started it, right? Like the everyone got better. For the most part, like all the all the contenders got better. Besides the Patriots, I would say I think they kind of they're probably the only team that didn't improve. But everyone else either stayed the same or got better. Out of the contenders, I think that everybody got better, right? Like the Broncos got their quarterback. The Chargers improved their defense. Um, let's see, right? Like even even the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill, like they kind of they kind of silenced the doubters a little bit about the receiving room and picked up Juju and we're like, no, we're still we're still pretty good. It's just everybody kind of improved. Um so yeah, I think as a whole it's it, it was just it was very obvious that it's hard this year to really like have a map of how it's gonna go. I I, I think the other thing too, one last note is I think again compared to the NFC this this conference is a lot harder to predict because of how competitive I think divisions, the actual matchups matter a lot more in the AFC than in the NFC because they're so competitive. Like, we're going to see some inflated NFC records like last year and some like, oh, how did this team in the AFC go 9-8 and eight when they're like 11, they should be 11-6 and six, and we're going to be like, oh, wait, because they're in a tough division. My other, my last question for you. So this is, I, I didn't tell you about this exercise beforehand, but these are the AFC championship odds. So the team most likely to win the AFC championship game. I did this with the NFC. Here are the top five teams. What are your reactions to these teams and who belongs or doesn't belong? Bills are the favorites to win the AFC at plus 350. Chiefs plus 600. Broncos plus 850. 
Chargers plus plus eight fifty, and Bengals and Ravens tied at plus eleven hundred. Who belongs? Who doesn't belong? What is the value there? Who's the third team you said? The 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 Broncos and and Chargers tied at plus eight fifty. Right. I I would not by any at all have the Broncos that high at all. Um, so that's a little bit surprising. But no, I would I would agree. And, and what's really interesting about that, and I'll tell you, is that the Bills and the Chiefs being there and the Bills having the edge is fully, and that's fully because Tyreek Hill's not on the Chiefs anymore. Because that was that Bills defense's kryptonite, 100%. That, that was what was holding them back. And now that he's not there, I think, and when I was saying like, oh yeah, the Chiefs probably don't win a couple games if, if Tyreek Hill isn't on the team for those games, I think the Bills game is 100% one of those. So I would fully agree with that and say that the Bills are, are probably number one for the AFC Championship. It'll be interesting to see how, with training camp approaching and the preseason approaching, how the NFL season will heat up. But Chris, it was good to have you on once again for some more football talk. It's really good to be on. I, you know I love these, so it's a good time.